This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. I'm so aware tonight of... Um, seriously, there's so, there's so much going on in this room. And it's so beautiful, Father God, how He is and how He built us and, and how um, even our desperation and um, chaos in a human life literally becomes a portal for him because our hearts our spirits cry out to god even the desperation in the earth some of the desperation of the in the earth for deliverance whatever people don't even know how to describe what they desperately need but the desperation in the earth calls out to god our hearts are built to call out to god and even people that don't know god they're desperate and god is gracious And he built humans knowing that we would be desperate once the fall hit. He knew. And he had already made a plan and built us in his image as spirit beings. You don't earn an image. You're created in an image. It's quite a beautiful thing. And and so even that song that Maddie chose to use, you know, even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, um, you see, when, when Jesus was baptized by John, I mean, John was like, what? Are you kidding me? I'm going to baptize. No, you should be baptizing me. And Jesus is like, oh, no. In order that all righteousness be fulfilled, you must baptize me. John was an Old Testament prophet. And in order for the new to entrance, enter the earth, the old approved it. The old drank it in and released. And so... When he was baptized, the people standing around thought they heard thunder. What do you think you're hearing right now? Don't answer it tonight. Just, just let the word of God touch your heart because all of our souls are crying out. Your spirit does not need ministry. I mean, that might be a revelation to you tonight, but we think, oh, my spirit needs to be seated and all this. Your your spirit's alive to God. If you are born of the spirit, your spirit and God's are one. I mean, does God have need? So I want to encourage you because what God laid on my heart tonight was to share my heart with respect to caring for our soul. Caring for our soul. And, And even what's happening in this room right now you don't even have to know how to ask God for what you need. It's great if we can give details and say, God, I want this and God, I want that and I, I, whatever. But he already knows. He knows. And when we simply let our hearts go, that's why sometimes in praise and worship, I'm like, whoever is leading is going to be like, maybe we're not going to start yet because hearts are so open and God has access to the room. And when God has access to a room, what can we do? I mean, he's accessing hearts. He's accessing entrance to the earth. I'm, I'm like so freaked right now. Seriously. I mean, I've got this and I know this is what God wants to, to feed tonight. But I really, if you get nothing else tonight, I want you to understand that the need, God knows your need. I don't know all my need. I think, you know, well, I know this scripture and I know that scripture and I've got faith and I've been here for 31 years. I mean, that's nothing. Even the Apostle Paul said, what I know. And he was, I mean, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He says, what I know is dung. Pastor, Pastor Gavin said that on Sunday. Like, Paul was so humble that he said, all of that in the scheme 
of eternal truth? Drop in the bucket. But what was God's heart always? Not that we would be informed, but we would be infilled. Infilled with peace. Infilled. And, and in this room tonight, I, I want to say to you all, you, you have drunk in things that when you go out into that world, just emanate. Just, just let the light come out. Don't put worries. And Jesus called worries and concerns and, and desperations where we're trying to fill the need bushel baskets. And he said, don't hide your light under a basket. Don't, don't let it be covered over. Don't let it be quenched. Don't let it be squelched by the cares of this world. Drink in and pour out. Breathe in and breathe out. You know, inhaling and exhaling in the presence of God is a very powerful thing. We think, well, oh, teach me to do ministry, Jesus. Breathe in in his presence and then go breathe out over people. It's so simple. We're built like him. So I, I want to I go there tonight with the whole soul piece because, because he said, <laughs> I believe he said, and, and if I missed it, you'll still get something because it's the word of God. I mean, and God is faithful. I have to say, I love you guys so much. I love the hearts on Wednesday nights. I, I love the hearts on Wednesday nights. I love the way that you guys come in and week after week. And there's, there's a unity. There's a, a union that God is building among us. There's a kindredness. There's a, a force, honestly, a force to be reckoned with. And, um, and I want to encourage you because of this aspect of drinking in of the spirit, even if we, you know, when I first got baptized in spirit, um, I, I grew up in a Baptist church. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Honestly, I wouldn't trade it for anything because I, I was taught you connect to Jesus. You put your hand to the whole deal. Don't let go. Don't look back. Don't let go. And so there were aspects of commitment and and even unity that I learned there that I wouldn't trade for all the money on the planet. Um, so I'm thankful for that foundation. But when I got baptized in the Spirit, everything was so new to me, and it didn't even matter that it was new. It didn't even matter that I didn't understand. I mean, almost everything I heard for the first couple of years I was here contradicted everything I'd been taught growing up. Um, or went further than it went. Nothing against a denomination, but it just... And so my head would pull up what I already knew, but my heart would know deep inside, this is Jesus, Kath. This is Jesus. This is the Spirit. This is life. This is what you've been crying out for. And so I want to I wanna say to you as I'm getting started tonight... Um, Listen to what the Spirit would say to you with respect to caring for your soul because, yes, it's personal. God wants us experiencing him and free and, and so forth. But, but the globe, and particularly our nation, um, is in turmoil, but God's not moved. <laughs> and he's not surprised. He knows every leader that will take office he knows every decision that will be made, whether right or wrong. He knows it all. And he's already declared over this nation that it is one nation under God. He had humans. 
He used the portal he created in his own image in order that he could speak through us. He had the forefathers. And people have come to me and said, well, the forefathers were this or that. Don't get denominationally bent that you can't recognize the spirit of truth and light. They made certain decrees. So what I would say to you tonight is, don't worry. Just care for your soul so that what you hear will not deter you from what you know to be truth. I declare in Jesus' name that the lives that were lost in defending this nation have not been lost in vain. They have not been lost in vain. Our God is bigger than that and far more faithful than we can begin to imagine. Far more faithful. So, um, you know, bear, bear with me um, as we go. Okay, everybody? Does this like touch your heart at all? Like you're thinking, oh, I can agree with her. Good. So let, let's go. Because um, having been created in his image, our spirits are quite stable. But because our souls are like the computer, and your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Um, you know, your, your brain is the gray matter up here, but the aspect of our personage, our personality, the very interior of us, the heart of our existence, was never meant to be a split personality. Man's spirit and soul were not supposed to be separate. They, they are the interior of our being, and so God's intention in the beginning when he breathed life into Adam, was that he was filling him spirit and soul and body. He was filling a unified being. But that unified being allowed some different filling to come in. Some different input, some different information. And that information brought an informing that split his personage, his personality. God never intended man to be a split personality. But what took place in the garden, um, if we really bring it down to brass tacks, simple understanding, is now man has two directions he's looking and now has to discern between light and dark. Okay? So we're going to look into some of this. Um, Like I said, bear with me. Um, I'm not trying to tell you to think like me. I just want to bring... Um, the word of God that will help you to realize you're well able. You're, you're well able. Even if you're a brand new baby Christian, you are well able to handle life. It's just which thought do we take? And I think, no, I won't go there. So God's original intention, you know, like I always do, I'll read some things from my notes. And I, I encourage you, you know, sometimes, well, all the time for me, whatever I bring, God's like looking at these things with me. And in my own privateness with God, I'm having these conversations. I have crazy, wild conversations with God. Um, I've come to a place where I know my language with him. And so when he's speaking back to me, I know how it affects me, my interior, how it affects my soul. So... Um, He's, and and he, he causes you to be keenly aware. You know, it's just like 
if I call our house, Neil doesn't say, who is it, when he answers the phone. Like, he hears my voice. He would know by feeling. Oh, it's you. You know, God wants that kind of bond with us that we don't say, is this you, Holy Spirit, or is this me? If it's light and life and it lifts you, it's not coming from anywhere but God. And it's time that we get that acclimated to when goodness speaks into us, take it to the bank. So God's original intention was never that man would be a split, quote-unquote, split personality or a person whose spirit and soul are not operating unified. You know, sometimes we'll, we'll look at the world. <laughs> Don't be mad at me when I say this, okay? Because, like, I'm still learning this whole thing, too. Like, okay, Jesus, help me with this. Um, we look at the world and we think everything is so out of order. And we might be literally standing in a place where personally in our interior we're out of order. We're out of order. Like we have our spirit and soul battling and we're saying, okay, God, where are you? I don't see you. But then we have the scriptures and we speak faith and then we get over here and we see what's happening and we're like, what are you doing in this country, God? I mean, like, are, do you even care what's going on? And he's like, okay, I gave you dominion. Hello. And I'm speaking and I gave you truth, right? Say no condemnation. I'm saying, Kathy, no condemnation. His desire was a very intimate relationship with man whereby he would fill us with life and that spirit of life would flow from our spirit into our soul, which is our mind, our will, and emotions. I mean, sometimes my spirit will say, Kathy, you just need to be still. Okay, you're saying, well, you're a split personality. Aren't we all? I mean, there's times like my soul freaks out and my spirit has to say, do you realize God is with us? You are not alone, Kathy. This is not a time to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. And I have to allow my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions to tuck under what my spirit tells me. See, sometimes in the natural, that does not make sense. In fact, 99% of the time, that doesn't make sense. Because our, our, you know, even like we think, take this book and be so militant. Do you know militancy without God in it is nothing? It's actually aggravating. And it'll make you feel crazy. I'm just saying. Ask me why I know. (laughs) So there's a flow that comes from our spirit into our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And then it ultimately becomes the outward expression of our lives in a physical, visible realm. How does God rock up? You understand that God is invisible. God does not just rock up on the planet outside of the authority of the planet. You see, there's natural law. There are laws of nature. God doesn't go against laws of nature. Do you understand that some, the static that's on the planet that's messed up the laws of nature? We did it. God didn't do it as a punishment. I'm just saying, right? Are you all with me? Okay, so Genesis 3.11. This is so powerful because when I first got baptized in the Spirit, I had so much fun. Um, when I was, before I was baptized in the Spirit, I had all these years where I was like, the Old Testament, I mean, really? What? I didn't understand it. I thought Genesis, I mean, I, I get the story of creation, all that. But I didn't see what was really in there. And then when I got baptized in the Spirit, all of a sudden, 
I'm reading this book and I'm like, kind of like Shayon, wow, wow. I mean, like I'm reading it for the first time with eyes open and I'm, I'm like, I don't just see laws and rules and God, God's expectation of me personally. I see life. And I'm, I'm finding all these things in Genesis. What's beautiful about Genesis is it's the book of beginnings. In the very beginning, God's intention was clear. He was establishing man as the authority figure on the planet. Take a deep breath before I say what I'm going to say next. I understand that God has all authority. God is authority. He's the source from which authority comes. But before his ascension, and Jesus Jesus said, I only say what the Father tells me to say. So before his ascension, Jesus says, all authority is mine. Now you go. So he's basically saying, you take the authority that I'm bestowing on you. Now you go in authority. You understand that it was not the invisible God that said, all authority belongs to me. It was the God-man, Jesus Christ, who said, I have to breathe. I have to take a breath because I'm literally, even for me, I'm saying, God, help me with this. Because we so want to defer to God all the time. We want to defer to God. And he says, I'm giving you my word. I'm giving you an infilling. I'm filling you with an authority against which the enemy has no recourse. But do you believe that? Are you guarding? Are you protecting? Are you allowing the computer of your existence to be programmed in such a way that you have the audacity to say certain things? Seriously, I'm learning this piece too. I believe, I believe all of this. Did I take that thing off? No. I believe all of this, but I'm learning to walk further and deeper into this because being a dominion figure, you know, sometimes I think as parents, we, our kids do certain things and we think, ah, why would they act like that? There are dominion figures. They've been created in the image of God and they have all this power. And that's what autonomy is about. We teach our offspring, both naturally and spiritually, what do you do with all this power? So in Genesis 3, verse 11, God says, <laughs> I love this because for those of you that might not think, God, do I even go there? Adam and Eve are in heaven. Yeah, they had a covenant with God. I'm just saying. Because this is after the fall. And God says, God, God doesn't walk away and say, okay, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm out of the picture. Now you're on your own. Until Jesus comes, you're on your own. No, he goes right to them and says, who told you that? Genesis 3.11, who told you that? And then he gives them the hint of what went wrong. Have you eaten? And, and the word from the Hebrew is partaken. Have you partaken from the tree that I told you not to eat from? Take a breath, seriously, like, because I can even feel like my shoulders are tense, everything's tense, because God is imparting to us, God is drawing us deeper into our identity. 
Have you partaken from the tree that I told you not to partake from? We go places, and, and often we don't even realize, we go places and we partake of a different tree. God's intention was never that man would have intimate understanding, intimate experience with both good and evil. Not that he wouldn't encounter it, because God knew who was in the garden and what he would do. But he had empowered man to continually return to him, to fellowship with him in the spirit of the day, to fellowship with him intimately, to ask questions. You see, if they had had, had all of that encounter going on and they, they were at all aware and alert to how they felt when those words, if she had understood what she felt like when those different kind of language came to her, if she had been able to recognize this is challenging what's already in me, You see, it's important for us to begin to recognize what is challenging your peace? What's challenging your calm? What's challenging your confidence, your trust of God? It can be things that are actually factually happening to you. You see, the faith message doesn't advocate if you have symptoms saying, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. Yeah, you are. A portion of your being has symptoms but illegally. But will we enforce the laws of our covenant, which come to us by love, not performance? So we go places and we take in information that's detrimental to our soul, detrimental to our thought life. The soul, and I said it's the mind, the will, and the emotions. We often neglect, now listen to this, listen to this, because we don't want to live our lives on feelings, but neither do we want to go to the other ditch and live our lives devoid of feeling. I want to say this before I say what, what I have here. The first day that I met Pastor Barry and got baptized in the Spirit, one of the ways he led me down the path, because I showed up with a donkey choking Bible, um, and that was full of underlinings of my current doctrine. And I'm 34, and I've been in church my whole life. Um, well, not my, my young adult life. I, I was in a far other place. Um, but I had had the teachings. And so I'm, I'm sitting there at his desk, and he spent three and a half hours with me unscrambling my eggs. And, um, and one of the things he said to me, because I said... I've been taught to live by faith. I'm, I, I'm not about feelings. And he said, oh, okay. And he said, so you're married, right? And I said, yes. And he said, what's your husband's name? I said, Neil. And he said, you love Neil and he loves you. And I said, yes. And he said, is there feelings in that love? And I said, oh, lots. And he said, why do you think that is? And I said, because I love him and he's physically here with me. And, and he said, so God gave you that marriage And the feelings for it, why would he invite you into intimacy but give you no feelings? Because the natural mimics what he wants. So it set me up for the feelings I was about to have when the Holy Spirit came upon me as Jesus baptized me in the Spirit. Because that experience rocked 
my world. I didn't sleep for about two and a half days. I couldn't sleep. The energy that came, whatever it was that happened in actuality changed everything for me. Okay, so mind, will, and emotions. We often neglect our feelings and emotions. Don't do it. Don't, because they give us a clue of what we have taken in that may be disruptive. Okay, so, so we have, if you have feelings, if you've been spending time with God and you have feelings of peace, you have feelings of calm, you feel stable, you feel like, oh, okay, not I've got it going on, but me and God are cool and um, I trust him, I believe him, I know these facts, I know these situations, but I, I know that God is speaking his word to me. That's great, we have those feelings, that's light. God's encouraging us, he's saying, don't be moved by the situation, I'm with you. I'm going to walk you through it. You know, the psalmist, the 23rd psalm is not a funeral psalm, really. It's a life psalm. The psalmist said, yea, though I walk through the valley of a shadow of something. Are you with me? So, so we go places. We take things in. It's important that we learn to recognize what is going on here. Is this light or is this dark? Because much of the things that go on with us that aren't God, there's a tinge of truth in there. The enemy, he's not smart and spiritually discerning, but he's incredibly cunning. And so in, in the Hebrew and the expansion of the language with that, have you eaten from the tree that I told you not to? Because he told him, don't go to the tree of the knowledge, the cunning, that willfulness, a different kind of knowledge. It wasn't a, peace, a peaceable knowledge. It was a cunning kind of knowledge. It was the enemy twisting what God had said to them. Twisting what should bring them peace. You understand? So how, what you feel gives you clues. If you're feeling disrupted, conflicted, if you're feeling sad, burdened, um, overwhelmed in a bad way, hopeless, whatever. You can name off whatever kind of feelings you would have. Something not of God has gotten in. Something of, of God, I mean, not of God has gotten in. Something that is messing with the truth that's in you. It's like diluting. If I fix a great cup of coffee and then keep pouring some water in it, it dilutes it. And then I'm thinking, this coffee was so good at first. What happened to it? Something diluted it. Something disrupted it. Something made it conflicted. Each part of our soul dramatically affects the other parts. See, we got mind, will, and emotion. If we will allow our minds, you know, we speak a lot, especially in a church like this, of renewing our mind. Renewing our mind is actually just allowing our mind to be reprogrammed. Our mind is the computer. Nothing's going to happen through this physical body if this mind doesn't let it happen. You know, when we're young, we learn things like if a child um, falls down, hurts themselves, they, you know, they learn something. If they burn themselves on a stove, they learn, don't touch the stove, sweetheart. I mean, when it's glowing red, don't touch it. There's things that begin to program this computer. The word of God will do those things. If we will allow ourselves to have interaction with him in his word, I encourage you, if you don't have time daily partaking of light and life, and I don't say this in order that you have to earn something from God, but I'm telling you, we must, especially in this day, care for our soul. 
We must care for our soul. Just being a Christian, just having the information stored up, the chapters, the verses, the doctrine, that, that's not fresh bread. That's like just saying, oh yeah, I got a loaf of bread in my cabinet. But do you eat it? Or do you pull it out and it's so rotten you got to toast it and then cover it with jelly and stuff? So, you know, I mean, sometimes seriously, like sometimes we'll, please don't hate me, okay? But sometimes we'll be like, we don't do anything. Seriously, I'm, I'm not looking at anyone. I'm looking at me. Go through the week and wonder why I feel like, you know what, on Sunday, oh, I just need to get in that worship service. And yet he's been here with me all week and I could get on my face, even if just, you know, figuratively and say, Jesus, you're so beautiful. You're so worthy. If not for you, I would poof, go up and smoke. Because as much as I endeavor to walk in truth, I still eat from the wrong place at times. And if any of us are honest, sometimes you're like really in a crazy place and you eat on purpose. You're just like, I don't even care. I'm going there. That person just works my last nerve and I'm going to say everything I want to say about him. See, seriously, like sometimes we're so humanly human that it's like Jesus saying, not, not judging us just like, okay, those are the times I ran to God. You think he didn't think those kind of things about those disciples? Please come on. Like, these dudes were fishermen. I mean, Peter cussed and stuff. In fact, after Jesus was, was crucified, Peter cussed just to prove to the people that were at, you were with Jesus, weren't you? And he says, oh, no. And he said a few words that probably were akin to the F word or something so that it would prove to them, oh, no, I don't walk with him because he was afraid of what they would do to him. This is Peter. His first message, 3,000, more than 3,000 people got saved. But that was after his eyes got opened. Seriously, so sometimes we're so human. If you're, I'm pathetically human. I'm pathetically human. I'm passionate. I'm so, I'm ridiculously passionate about different things. And sometimes my passion gets out of bounds. And, um, you know, and I have to be really wise because, you know, when you are against what other people do, do you understand you can partake of the same spirit? The minute we judge and start hating them for what they're doing, that's the same spirit they're operating with. I'm just saying, I'm being really honest with you guys tonight because we either live in the light or we partake of darkness, and we all do both. So I'm encouraging you tonight, and I believe it's coming because Jesus wants us to care for our souls. So each part of my soul dramatically affects the other parts. The mind can be programmed properly through the word of God. And that's not just the written word, but then what does he do with this word when you have certain revelations brewing inside of you? You know, like whoever, um, you know, like winemakers, they put it all together. They don't keep putting in new stuff. The wine, you know, ages and gets better and better as it sits in the vats. And so it's not just always putting a new scripture in. It's saying, okay, in my vat, I've got some of these scriptures and Jesus is taking the water and he's turning it to wine. Are you letting him turn it to wine? Are you going deep inside your own heart and saying, Jesus, what are you teaching me? What are you teaching me? You know, when I feel really crazy, I'll say, Where, what, did, what did I bite? What, what did I bite? Was it something I got ticked at? Um, is it just I'm tired? 
Am I just tired? You know, if you think that ministers never get tired of being ministers, <laughs> I'm just going to be honest for all of us and say, you have no idea. You have no idea. But I will also say, you're all ministers too. So partake of that. No, seriously. I mean, that's what the scriptures say, that we are all ministers, able ministers of a new covenant. So that's what we're talking about tonight. If we don't care for our souls, how are we going to embody the answer? If we don't even take the answer, <laughs> it's kind of crazy, right? Like, like we're like, the world just needs to know that Jesus is Lord. And Jesus comes to me and says, are you walking with me as Lord right now? Or are we just friends? So the mind can be programmed properly through the word of God, which also gives, don't miss this, supernatural power to our will. If you will actually allow your mind to be renewed to truth, there's something that happens. Because remember, your mind, will, and your emotions are all housed in, in this capacity. It's not just the gray, the gray matter. There's a portion of your heart, your spirit, all new. Your spirit is linked one with God. But our soul, the devil can't get in your spirit. He can't mess with your spirit. So if you're thinking your spirit's messed up and the devil's messed with your spirit, no, he can't, he can't get there. How's he going to get there? But because our mind, will, and emotions, our soul participates out here. And so he can, miss, he can mess with that. He can say, well, just, just look over there. Just look over there. Look at all the stuff that's going on in this nation. Look at all the pandemic stuff. Look at all the different reports. What are you really going to believe? Because there's all this information out there. There is probably, I'm probably not exaggerating at all. I bet there's a million sources for information regarding all of the stuff regarding the pandemic, COVID, vaccine, the virus, the, um, all of its evolvings. Honestly, you will go nuts if you try to take that stuff in. I'm not saying don't look for, if you have sources that you trust, I'm not saying don't. I'm just saying make sure your filter is Jesus and the truth. So it gives supernatural power to our will. It's the computer of the body. And so if we want to empower our wills, we are going to have to be yielding our thought life to God. You see, it's like, if I'm, if I'm an alcoholic, I'm not. <laughs> Spiritual, maybe. But, um, but if I were physically an alcoholic, and I'm convinced that I should sit in a bar every night, do you think my will is going to be empowered by that? Do you think my will to say no to what I can't handle is going to be empowered by that. You see, this is what I'm talking about. If, if fear is an issue, I, I'm very ultra-sensitive to fear. Ultra-sensitive to fear. I don't know why. I think some of it comes from my upbringing. My mother worried in the name of deep care for us as a family. I just care so deeply for you. Um, which she did. She loved us deeply, but she was worried about everything. Um, one of my older brothers... Um, got his girlfriend pregnant and had to, you know, get married and uh, just all, you know, back then it was like the world's coming to a stop. 
Anyways, um, so she was fearful over me and my sisters. The whole, I mean, our dating life drove her nearly up the wall, which honestly it should have, but um, <laughs> I'm being honest. But, but that's what I'm saying. I grew up in a household where it seemed right to worry about your children, to worry about life, to worry what might come to the family and become a part of our experience. But I've had to say, okay, God, so if I'm susceptible to fear, what is your answer to that with me? So he's helped me to recognize if I'm that susceptible to the thing that's the trick in the trap, I'm actually built to be ultra sensitive to the answer, which is faith, to the antithesis. I'm actually built to recognize in my own self when I'm actually trusting God. So if I start feeling that wobble, when, when I was little, anybody as old as me, the weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. I'm like a weeble. I wobble sometimes, but I don't fall down. Why? God. Because of God. Because he shows me the wobble, and he'll show me, well, you just got a little lax there. Because when I feel afraid, when I feel overwhelmed, like, I don't know if I can cope with this, that's good for me to understand about myself. Y'all, y'all... Is this making sense? You know, sometimes when you like say stuff that's in your heart, it's like, am I even making sense? Sometimes it feels like I'm up here going, shama, ta, 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 talking in tongues or something because communicating when God says, I want you to share what I've been teaching you. In this day, it's more important than ever to care for your soul. Um, okay, so I want to I wanna jump ahead because I just looked at the time. I'm like, wow, that new clock, you cannot miss the time on it. So it's, there's no excuse. So Adam and Eve were given guidance in Genesis 2, verse 16 and 17. Okay, and I encourage you, you know, go, go spend some time in Genesis because the book of beginnings, it was God's intention. His intention was very clean and pure and um, he made us powerful beings on purpose. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Um, that word eat was a cow, a k a l, in the Hebrew, and it means consume. You can consume it all, but, this is a big but, this is bigger than any but you could ever sit on. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the evil there is ra. And listen to this. It's bad, adversity, affliction, calamity, displeasure, distress, grief, harm, mischief, misery, sorrow, and trouble. That was the tree. It was a messed up tree. It wasn't really the tree. It wasn't really an apple. It wasn't a physical tree. It was the one who was going to bid them cross the boundary. So the tree was actually a lineage. The dark lineage. The enemy. Okay, you got that? I mean, they did, she did partake of a fruit in the garden. But God is so gracious, he gives boundaries. He says, I'm going to show you boundaries. This is such a teaching lesson from God. If, if you learn, if I learn the boundaries for me in my life, that if I cross them, I'm partaking of a wrong fruit, a wrong tree. It's very important to learn this stuff. I mean, we say we want to live in peace and we want to give peace to the people out there. If we won't guard our own garden, I mean, this is the garden. I mean, hello. And this is the biggest piece of the garden. This is where the fruit's going to come out. So he said, of every tree, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, 
the tree of adversity, okay? You can put any word in there you want. You shall not eat or partake. For, see, he's given the reason why. I'm not denying you. That was what Satan brought to them. He's denying you. Because he knows you'll be like him. They didn't understand they were already like him. They were the physical expression of him. They literally fellowshiped in the spirit of the entire day with the God of creation. That's crazy, guys. What a gift. He said, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. This is where, you know, people think, oh, well, that's where death entered and all. But we need to understand the tricks of the enemy are always a stepping stone toward dying. The place we begin to die is right here. It's right here. So Adam and Eve didn't drop dead. But they put the first stepping stone in place. When you eat of what God guides you, encourages you, teaches you not to partake of, you're preparing a path that is going to bring um, bad stuff, adversity, affliction, calamity, displeasure. It's not that God's going to be now mad at you and displeased with you. He's saying this is what's going to enter your soul and this is what is going to pollute your existence. This is what will rob you of peace and joy and calm. This is what will debilitate your confidence. This is what will cause you to forget or even maybe not believe fully in who you are. You see, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're very powerful in the earth. You you can, with what's inside of you, Bring utter reformation to the planet. So that the, the, in that you'll surely die. The Hebrew expansion is actually in dying, you will die. In taking the first step, in partaking, you set yourself in a process. Um, you know, when we talk about our thoughts... We can, a pattern of thinking becomes a train of thought. And thoughts, really a stronghold, is just a house of thoughts. It's a house of thoughts. A stronghold can be good. We can build strongholds in our soul that are strongholds, fortresses of God. You know, there's, there's aspects with respect to fear that um, even as I started aging, I was like, okay, I'm not going to age. My mom aged gracefully as far as being a really pretty woman that took care of herself and all that. But then there were other things genetically and, and lineage of certain illnesses and stuff. And I'm like, Lord, I don't want to age like that. I don't want to say, well, my mom had it, my dad had it. This is just my path. No, it's not. I know far more about truth and my covenant with God than they did about their covenant with God. So it stands to reason that I should be growing up into the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. And then my kids knew things younger. I mean, Mary Ann's almost 37 years old. She knows as much, if not more, than I do at 37. I'm 66. But she's got the same input as me. What do you think she'll be like at 66? I'm like, okay, woo! Okay, go, Jesus. But see, the, the human race should be growing up into the fullness of the measure. There should come a time when there are certain things that can no longer mess with this planet. Yeah. I believe that with all my heart. Uh, can anybody amen with me? Because that's what God's doing. He's changing. He's saying, this was my intention from the beginning. Life, not death. Not punishment. Like he's punishing? No, no. He's not punishing. 
This in dying you will surely die was not a punishment. It's a consequence. Man chose it. God said, I have sown the earth in a certain way. Sowing and reaping for as long as the planet remains, it'll always be sowing and reaping. So if you sow to the flesh, Paul taught this. If you sow to the flesh, man, you're going to reap some creepy stuff. But if you sow to the spirit, if you sow to your own spirituality in God, you will be changed and, and reformed. And oh man, it's just, to me, it's just so crazy good. So it doesn't mean you're going to drop dead instantly. It's simply that you're messing with the life that God intends. So here's kind of a, um, a simple thing that I'm going to leave you with is the beginning of dying is to take part in information from darkness, to be informed by the wrong source. Be very wise right now what's informing you. Because here's, here's the bottom line. Oh, gosh, I, I'm going to say it. Some of the people out there that may have good information doesn't mean they are sowing it with good spirit. They may be fearful and putting the information out there because they're so scared of what's going to happen to the human race in the midst of this pandemic. So it's important that we understand, okay, some of it, I will not, I'm not even going there because the sources that are bringing it, though the facts may be factual, if the spirit with which it's being shared is adverse, I'm not drinking it. I'm not, I'm not drinking it. I don't care if it is right details. You see, there are details, factual, about my lineage and the genetics in the Steele family. That does not govern my life right now. So I'm not studying to see what mom, you know, the final thing on my mom and the... No. So you, you can be informed by a wrong source. Often we do not recognize that it's evil because there's a mix of good and evil in the bait. Partial truth is not truth. Partial truth is not truth. Factual things you may be hearing, seeing, discerning about what's going on in this nation. There are truths God has spoken over us. Prejudice towards other nations, people of other nations, people of different skin colors in this nation. We're not ordained for that. This nation was set up by God as a sanctuary. The Statue of Liberty stands there inviting the tired, inviting people of different places to come here. And the reason he was inviting them here was because he said, I'm building a nation on myself, on God. This is in God we trust. This is one nation under God. So it should be a safe place for anyone on this planet that chooses to come here. But now we're fraught with all forms of prejudice. Come on, guys. It's time for the church to wake up and stop drinking from fountains that perpetuate prejudice. Oh, golly, why am I going here? But I'm going to tell you that the truest spirit of politics is division. So be very wise what you drink. I'm not saying don't be a reputable voter and American citizen. I'm just saying in this day, you better be wise what you're drinking. Because there is an empire that wants to take this sanctuary down. And it is not our government officials. It's Satan. That's not to say they're not misguided. But then again, they don't know about drinking or eating, partaking from a wrong tree. But we do. Um, okay, so truth is pure. What else do I got? Four minutes. 
this may be a whole other thing. Yeah, I don't want to rush through. Um, okay, so I, I want to leave you with this. Be, be wise. You, you understand when I bring things like this. Um, in fact, I felt when, when Roth taught last week, I felt like even the spirit of what he brought about being called, being invited into as as human beings, all humans are being invited into new life, real life by God. Um, and so I encourage you, care for your soul because our soul can become a bushel basket. If we think wrong, our soul can become a bushel basket over the light that lives within our, our spirits. You may have dramatic passions regarding how God will use you in the earth and use the light that's in you. But if you don't care for your soul, it can literally begin to shroud or make almost like a tomb where your spirit can't even get free to go after people. We should live with joy and peace. And honestly, there's so much. This this teaching may feel heavy, but if you can understand that it's really so simple. Jesus said to his disciples, take no thought saying. In other words, we take in, we partake from either light or dark with a conversation that transpires inside first. This is why get very sensitive to whether you feel conflicted, disrupted, um, overwhelmed, depressed. Um, there, there is something going on with one member of my um, extended family right now, and God, I wish she wasn't going through it, um, but she is. And I have to really guard and protect my soul if I'm going to be a strength that stands in agreement with her as she walks through this particular illness. There are facts going on in her body, but God is so faithful because some of the things that were potential, they're not happening. And so I'm looking at it and I'm saying, okay, this is not linked to our genetics that took place with our father. No, I'm, I'm standing between that and saying, absolutely not. I'm not linking the two. No, that, that is not. This is the next generation of the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's things that I have to guard my, my thinking, my thought life. Um, and yet there are times I feel sad. I'm just like, Ugh, what more does she have to deal with? But then, too, I have to encourage her with what's inside of her because she spent five years here with us in this house. So I say, Jesus, you, you knew what would go on. There's five years of truth. You get five years of truth in this house. That's like 500 years in some places. You know, nothing against any other house. It's just this is a word house. This is foundational truth. So I encourage you guys. Take, take this to the bank that you care for your souls, that you're alert. Don't let condemnation come in. Don't let things mess with you. You're not a good Christian if you think a certain way. You're not a good Christian if you, like, because, I mean, I'm honest. I, you know, some people, like, I love people, but then sometimes I'm like, seriously, Jesus? Like, what is up with this person or this group of people or the government or whatever? But I have to really, if I'm going to speak and decree righteous things, over this nation, over this government, over this church. I, I can't be going to these places where I get ticked in my thinking. Like I can't let this powerful program, you know, this, this computer be programmed by dark. So um, I want to encourage you. I'm gonna, it's 9 o'clock. I'm going to pray. If, if you're with me and you really want your mind, your mindset to, to belong to God, 
if you feel like it's just like the back in the day when we had watches, if the battery ran down and, and they were like, um, you know, the wrong time, you didn't just put a new battery in it and put it back on your wrist. You reset it. If you got a brain like me that some things need to be reset, stand up. We're going to pray and we're going to agree. And I'm going to tell you, there's a power in agreement. Father, we honor you tonight. We, we honor the way you've built us. We honor the way you've built us. We embrace the way you've built us. I ask you, Father, for me and for each one of my brothers and sisters, give us greater insight into how fearfully and wonderfully we have been built by you. Give us insight into our identity. Give each one of us insight into how you want to use us in the earth and maybe give us more clarity on the places we're trapped and tricked. The places that maybe even because of our upbringing, we have a tendency to drink at that fountain, but it's not a good one. Father, we just honor you and we say, in this place and so together, we say yes to what you want to do in us, what you want to do with the word, what you want to do through us in this nation. Thank you for our nation, Father God. Thank you that you had Kevin pray for our nation tonight to even spark that there would be things that would come out of me in this teaching regarding the sanctuary that this nation is. Father, we thank you that for us it is a sanctuary. We are free. We are able to stand here tonight speaking the name of Jesus without fear of of being killed or or anything. We just give you honor. And Father, I pray that things that I've shared tonight, I pray that the way that you spoke to my heart to give cautions to my family, I ask that you use those things inside of them, that no judgment or condemnation comes from the enemy toward them or even from their own minds toward themselves. I thank you that they are free and they are loved by you and they are honored by you. And so I thank you that you use my words and even my passion tonight to open things up that maybe they've cried out to you. Teach me, Lord. And so I agree with what you're doing in each heart tonight. And I thank you for the power that we are together in this region and in this nation. And we just, we seal it in the name of Jesus that the enemy will not mess with what's been brought tonight by your spirit to their hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great week.